20 years of trying, 20 years of frustration. Dale Earnhardt will come to the caution flag to win the Daytona 500. Finally. Finally. Out of turn four, after 17 years of effort, the Daytona 500 belongs to Franklin, Tennessee's Darrell Waltrip. He's done it. To the flag. Come on, Mikey. You got it, man. You got it. You got it. You got it. You got it. Mikey. Michael Walter wins. Young Petty is finished. A victim of ambition. The race goes on. How about Dale? Is he okay? Schrader has climbed out of his car. He and Earnhardt have crashed together. Living turns three and four. International Speedway is designed for cars not yet built. Cars that cannot be built until man has learned the limits of today's car. Only the surf recalls the roaring past. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Lap Zero Podcast. My name is David, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Antonio, Norman, and Levi. This week, we'll be talking about the Daytona 500. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode about the Great American Race. Let's let's touch on the history of this race, because it is pretty, pretty neat how all that goes down, like how it all started. Yeah, man, before we get too deep into this, uh, I thought it'd be cool to reminisce about the becomings of Daytona International Speedway a little bit. Uh, it kind of all started, uh, I mean, we could talk a little bit more about the foundation of NASCAR um, and stuff, but uh, as we know, Bill France Sr. and the, the France family um, basically created a lot of this from the ground up, um, particularly in Daytona. And uh, it all started on the beach about 1949 under what's now known as the NASCAR Association. And um, they were racing like 49 Buicks on the beach in Daytona. And it was like a 4.2 mile course. It it started as a 3.1 mile course, but then they expanded it to 4.2 miles. And it was was on the sand and a little bit on the road. And it it was just wild. Um, They actually ran it as an official calendar race from 1949 to 1959. There was racing on the beach all the way back to 1927. Um, actually, the one of the first land speed records was set on the Daytona Beach road course on the beach. Uh, 1927, it was uh, 203.7 miles per hour. Amazing. Dude, that's nuts. What? Yeah, that's land speed record. a car like that. It was a, fa- it was a thousand horsepower sunbeam. And he did 203.79, um, which is, it's funny because that's kind of similar to top speeds at Daytona Inter- International Speedway today. Um, and yeah, that was the land speed record for the whole world um, in 1927. Anyway, uh, they raced there for quite a while. Uh, there was a break for the war. Don't forget, World War II was going on during the, right before this all happened. Um, and so... Uh, that's kind of why it became so accessible too, is that after the war, there was a lot of steel left over and there was a lot of cheap cars available. 
And so a lot of people started buying cars and racing cars. And um, like I said, they raced there till 1959. And that's when um, William France Sr. or Bill France Sr., as we know him, um, decided to build the Daytona International Speedway as we know it today. It, it was built around some existing road course. Like there was a, a lease given to him by the city. I think it was he paid $10,000 a month for 20 years is like not a lot of money today. Well, today it's a, it, it, in today's money, it's a ton, but it doesn't sound like a lot. Like the lease for the entire piece of property for Daytona International Speedway was 10 grand a month. I think so, he made his investment back. Yeah. So he built yeah. it from the ground up. They had their inaugural race in 1959 and it was attended by over 200,000 people in 1959. Became you know, as we know it today, the great American race. And, um, it was known that all the way back then it was, uh, it was built as we know as a 2.5 mile trioval. It's been under really similar configuration since the very beginning. They've done some work on the grandstands over the years. Like, uh, I think it was, maybe you guys can check me on this, but I it was like 2000 mid two thousands. They removed the back grandstands and, uh, and honestly, it hasn't changed much at all since 1959, other than that. Um, the 24 Hours of Daytona, of course, is run here. That started running in the early 60s. Um, if you've seen Ford versus, versus Ferrari, that was actually like in Daytona International Speedway's infancy. Um, but the road course had been there for a long time. And... Uh, of course, it's found a special place in everyone's hearts, whether you're an endurance racer or a uh, stock car fan. Of course, they do flat track, um, super cross. I mean, there's a lot of events that go on at Daytona International Speedway. And uh, here we are today in 2023, still doing the same thing. Um, viewership ratings were huge in the 2000s. Like, I mean, 15 to 20 million people were tuning in to watch this on TV. And... Um, Ratings have gone down quite a bit into COVID, like from 2021, 22 down into 2020, 2019. We saw some of the lowest ratings ever in 2019, 2020. Um, but now they're coming back up a little bit. We're expecting to see at least 10 million people tune into the broadcast this weekend um, for the actual Sunday race. And of course, like I said, um, we're expecting some of the, highest viewership ever uh live too they sold out the grandstands a couple months before the event and um we're seeing the resurgence of daytona 500 as a staple on every american's calendar yeah yeah i feel like i feel like there's more hype yeah yeah it's gonna be a big deal man and um honestly <clears throat> it's uh it's always been a big deal it this this race has always been a big deal um Bill France basically founded NASCAR in a Daytona beach hotel. Um, there's a, and it's funny because we're going to talk a little bit about charters later and a little bit about independent teams and things like that. And this, this has been going on since 1959, like race promoters have had to find a way to fill the grid with people because it looks good for the TV and it looks good for the audience. And um, we see that still today at Daytona, even though NASCAR has gone through so many different phases through the years 
um, I guess not just at the oval race here, but at all races that it's so important that you fill the grid with people. Um, and, uh, it's just funny. I was reading so much about the, the drama behind, uh, racing in those early days and just how, um, cutthroat it was as a promoter. Uh, it wasn't hard to get into the race, but what was hard was to get good people into the race so that it was good viewership. Anyway, it's totally worth a Google on your own end. Uh, but yeah, that's a brief history of Daytona International Speedway. I encourage everyone to look into it more, but um, it's an amazing place. It has an amazing history, and I think it's going to continue to produce amazing races into the future. Um, I think it'd be good to uh, know a little bit how these guys can get into this race, though. Um, I'm actually excited to learn a little bit about the qualifying process at Daytona. Antonio, do you want to fill us in on that? Yeah, let's do it. So, um, typically it's a bit different. We got like, like, you know, speed weeks is typically longer. Like it, it's usually a whole week this year. They've cut it down. So it's just Wednesday through Sunday. Uh, so what's weird this year is there's no practice prior to the qualifying. So we just go right into qualifying. Uh, which is going to be interesting because I'm curious how much that's going to affect some of, you know, the uh, the open teams. Like, they're going to have no practice. If you've never run it before, it's just like, hey, you're going 200 miles an hour and doing a couple laps and calling it a day <laughs> to to start us off. But, uh, yeah, so Wednesday is uh, just, you know, your typical qualifying. Um, you know, you do your do whoever does the fastest lap throughout the day, you know, obviously takes the pole. Um in the Daytona 500 sake, though, only the top two cars are actually locked into the 500 immediately, and that's actually your qualifying position. Um, so, yeah, literally qualifying just is literally for the front row pretty much. Uh, the rest of it qualifies you for the duels, so which moves us on to Thursday. Uh, so the duels, for those who don't know, essentially it's just a weirder heat race. Like, it's done quite a bit differently, but it's it's pretty much like a heat race, like similar to what you'd see on dirt. Uh, so two duels will be run each race, you know, 60 laps, 150 miles. Uh, the starting lineup of the duels will be just determined from by qualifying from the previous day. Uh, so, you know, all cars qualified in odd position are going to go to duel one, and they race for an odd starting position. So that means if you qualified odd on Wednesday, you're going to duel one, and you're only going to race for a position on the inside row in qualifying. Uh, and obviously the same, but the opposite for uh, the outside row. So anyone who qualified in an even position, uh, they'll go to duel two uh, and they'll race for an even starting position in the 500. Um, another thing to keep in mind is these duels are pretty important uh, for the sake of the open teams. Uh, so only 40 cars can actually qualify for the Daytona 500. Although in my personal opinion, they should just let everyone come if you got a car. Uh, yeah, what? But this it, year there's only going to be like two guys that won't? Do I have to go home? It's like just yeah. It's just like just line them up. Just line them yeah. up. But anyways, sorry. I get it from a, no. I get it though, from though. a safety standpoint. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. We've already broken so many of them though. Like, what's another one at this point? <laughs> anyways. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. As it stands currently, we got forty-two entrants, as I'm sure you just heard. Uh, so this means that all thirty-six chartered teams will qualify. Uh, however, or not teams there's like 36 drivers i should say because no, it's not necessarily 36 separate teams uh however the six open teams will have to battle it out in the duels to see which four of the six make it so i've heard there's an even split so 
we should see in each duel 18 chartered team uh, cars and we'll see three open cars uh, so that means one open car will be eliminated so when you're watching the duels uh, you know it might not be too spicy in regarding to everybody racing for qualifying positions because they don't want to junk a car but those open cars are definitely ones to keep your eye on because they actually will be racing each other and you might see some stuff happen there and I actually believe Norman's got a full list of all those drivers that are joining us this year for the open team. So I, I know you got that, Norman. Yeah, this is... Um, I have a quick question, though. Can can a open driver take pole normally during qualifying? Or does yes. he have to compete? Yeah. In the no, yeah. So, so technically, if he was qualified first or second, he's locked into the front row, he will make it. Usually it doesn't happen because the charter teams are open teams. They don't have as much funding and stuff, so they're not the fastest on qualifying day by themselves. But yeah... Um, I mean, so my boy, Travis first or second could, my boy Travis could put her on pole. Technically, yes, he could put it on pole and win uh, or not win, but uh, qualify in like he would be done. He wouldn't have to worry about it. Enough said. And that's that's something else. Norman, you'll get to the charter teams. I'm sorry, but I also want to touch on that. The first and second place are locked in to the front row, but they have to compete in the duel. What? I just always thought that was crazy. So you've qualified front row, but you have to start the duel. So you can either start it and stay out front or get in the very back and hope you don't get into a wreck. And how do they determine starting position for the duel? Through regular qualifying. So if you, two lap, if you, two lap if you take pole, you start on pole for the duel. Yep. yep. And then you got to either get the hell out of the way or stay out front to stay out of the wreck. Both Man. the guys that locked in will be on pole in their duel. And it's good TV, I guess. Yeah, like and, I've seen them pull over just completely down the back stretch and let everybody go by because they're in. There's no reason to beat their car up. And then I've seen some of them say, I'm going to stay out front because it's the only safe place on the track. And someone who, a driver that knows this very well is Alex Bowman. The last five years, he started on the front row of the 500. That's really? nuts. I didn't know that. That is crazy. So there you go. I'll bet you that's going to be on somebody's pick at the end of this thing. But anyway, sorry, Norman. Back to these charter, open charter teams. Yeah, so we got um, these open teams. We've got six teams. Uh, they are um, race in or go home. It's uh, how it's always been since I remember watching the 500. It's changed a little bit. Um, how they seem, how you can get into the 500 with different style provisionals, but we don't have um, previous winners or past champion provisionals anymore. So it's Jimmy Johnson is one of these teams in the 84 car. He's a seven-time champion. He does not have a championship provisional anymore, so he will be racing his way in. He'll also be racing against the likes of Travis Pastrano. I think this will be his second or third 500. I think he's run one or two in lower series in the trucks. Um, so I guess technically not a 500, but a truck series race. He's been, he's been on the track, yeah. Um, he will actually be running the 2311 racing Toyota, um, in the 67, which is Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan's team. So he'll have Bubba Wallace and I forgot the, his other teammate, Tyler Reddick, Tyler Reddick to help him on track during the main race. Uh, he could be alone. He could qualify at odd number and his teammates qualify in the, um, even spots. He will not have his teammates for the duel. That means. Um, to get through a little bit more of these, the 62, Alston Hill. And then in the number 50, you got Connor Daly. Um, Zane Smith, your defending 
Truck Series champion in the 36 Front Row Motorsports Ford. Nice. And then you got um, Chandler Smith in the number 13 Chevrolet. Um, all looking to um, race their way in. If they don't, they're packing up and going home early, boys. Yeah. I'm curious to see how some of those guys like Chandler Smith, Zane Smith, Austin Hill are going to do. Because those guys are from the... Correct me if I'm wrong about Austin. I'm pretty sure all three of those guys are from trucks. And, and they all looked pretty solid last season. So I'm curious to see how those guys are going to do. Um, but anyways, yeah, no, bouncing back into the format. Um, so just to reiterate, you know, Wednesdays are qualifying. Thursdays you're qualifying, but in a racing form with the duels. Antonio, I got a question. Um, yes, sir. Fire away. Is there practice between qualifying and the duels? I don't believe so. So these guys are literally going to go run a qualifying two laps and then turn around and go straight into racing. Yeah, it's just crazy. Bro, this you year. just hold it flat. Haven't you yeah, done that? Yeah, that's it. Year. There's nothing. It's, it's yeah, crazy. They're good. sending you right into it. You got to feel for guys like Travis. That's going to be crazy yeah. for him. Eh? How many no years has it been experience. since he's raced? Like 18 years, maybe? It was probably 2012 is when he was. I'll get, yeah. I'll get some information on that. Even then, yeah, truck to cup. That's a big difference, especially these oh, cup yeah. cars now. Yeah, a different. Yeah, different cars. Even if they practiced, had time, seat time in the old car. These are new cars. I don't think any of those guys have been. Uh, Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson's team. He he races for his own team at Legacy Motor Club. We know, like he's part owner in that. We know that he can get around the track. Um, but I mean, it's a different ball game when you're part owner in the car you're driving. I would think, anyways. Um, he's got one teammate, I think, in the race. Noah. I mean, he, Noah Gragson's going to be with him. But like you say, Norman, if you finish right behind or in front of your teammate, you, you know, in the qualifier or whatever, then in qualifying, you won't be in the duels. Well, I have no teammates. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to get split up. I've seen it before where, you know, there's one Hendrick guy in one of them and, you know, the other three are in, you know, the other race, the other duel. So, and then you know that's how you make it in with these guys. They've got to they've got to be in. But I really think the uh, the uh, you know qualify to get in guys. The open charter guys are just it's exciting. I always watch for them. The duels are pretty fun for that. You know you get to watch them try to win their way in. They're great names. Oh, yeah, Man, can you imagine being Noah? They're like, hey, welcome to full time stock car racing. Uh, we're gonna pair you with uh, Jimmy Johnson for the Daytona 500. Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, and I forgot. Sorry, Eric Jones is also on that team. So I mean, there's some decent, decent younger guys. You know, I call them younger guys. Not that young anymore, but I mean, Eric Jones, Noah Gregson, Jimmy. I like. Yeah, Noah. it'd be crazy for sure. Call me a bandwagoner, but bandwagoner. It looks like Travis Pastrano hasn't been in a NASCAR affiliated series since 2017 or 2020. Yeah. I mean, and I don't think he was in the big cars at that time. And like no, Antonio it's truck said, the series. Big cars are, yeah. Antonio said the, the cars have changed anyways, or Dave, one of y'all said it's a different car, anyways. I mean, it's new to everybody, but it's really new to them. And the no the no practice thing is just blowing my mind, because Daytona practice isn't like regular practice either. And I'm I'm sure y'all can all vouch for me on this. But when they used to practice, they usually wouldn't get in big groups. They would go out with their teammates or affiliated teams, 
run 10, 15, 20 laps, maybe even go a whole fuel run, and they'd all pull in together. Once they got bunched up, they would just all break apart because they didn't want to wreck their cars, have an accident. And so practice really wasn't ever practice. But for these guys that haven't been in a car for five years, definitely nice I mean, to have. Over the last five years, I think we've went different car big time, sequential shifting. There's just a and sequential shifting is easy enough, but I'm just saying it's different from what they're used to. I'm sure the gauges are all, you know, updated and just different things. The feel of the car is probably completely different. Well, it, you got to get gonna be nuts this year. the cars, they move around. It's five o'clock traffic at 200 miles an hour. That's what the Daytona 500 is. And yeah. the, the cars don't sit still. They move. And to go from not knowing what that feels like to having it happen. I don't know how many of y'all have ever drafted behind a semi and feel how much your car moves around at 70 miles an hour going down the interstate. Now let's double that and put you at 200 miles an hour. Those cars don't sit still. Yeah. So they're Triple not almost. having having any time to get up to speed on that. I just I don't get it. It's kind of dangerous to be honest with you, but I think that's if you, the allure of it though, right? Like we're racing, yeah. like it's the big one. Like, you know, even the that's something as an a relatively new NASCAR fan that has been a motorsports fan for a while is blown away by is when the announcers are like, Well, they're due for the big one. I'm like, oh, so these all these pros are gonna bend it into the wall? Like it's just an assumption. Oh, yeah. And oh, at yeah. plate, no, at it's plate break, yeah, at plate tr tracks, yeah. It's gonna happen. And so and it's gonna be really interesting to see how safe these cars are. Um, with all these rear crumple zones and all the whatever, like we'll see. Um, because the big one's coming. Yeah, for sure. We uh we do actually get some practice. So as I said, Wednesday qualifying, Thursday duels. Then we get Friday. You get a practice, uh, like an evening practice. So you know maybe still race runs late. That'll give you some time. And then Saturday they got final practice, bright and early, like ten thirty. And then uh, that's about it. Then we head right into the Daytona 500 on Sunday. I mean, I don't know. Is anybody pulling? Is anybody pulling double duty and running truck and and or or Xfinity and Cup or? Ooh. I don't know. I never looked into that to be honest no, with you. you. Know There's got to be a couple of guys Daytona, that would I would just think the experience would be handy if there's, because especially with there being no practice, like having that, like maybe more more so for the guys that actually like you know, we're going to make it kind of thing. Like Bush, I know he owns a truck, so like it'd be an easy opportunity for him to just jump in and run some laps, right? So it makes you wonder. You would think the likes of like Pastrano, you know, you'd think you'd want to have him in an Xfinity car or a truck at least. Even if he doesn't make it, it's worth the trip to be there. At least he gets to race something. And then if he does qualify in or race his way in, he gets the extra seat time and gets used to at least something in the draft going into the 500 at rate at full race conditions. Yeah, it definitely makes a difference having some sort of experience, especially, especially at that kind of speed. Cause a lot of the other motorsports, I mean, I feel like we definitely get to like speeds, but maintaining us that speed for an entire race with all that movement, like it's gotta be like substantially different. Well, think like they do. They do two hundred laps. There's four turns, but we know that turn one and turn two are one turn, and turn three and turn four are one turn. When you go through one and two and three and four, it's like having a gorilla sit in your lap. 
And you have to do that yeah, 400 times. That's insane. It's nuts. And, and just your, your, your heart rate being completely up for that long. Because, I mean, you're, you're inches away from each other. You're bumping the guy in front of you. The guy behind you is bumping you. He's trying not to bump you too hard. Then the guy behind him bumps him. Then four or five cars, you know, and then you waggle. It goes back and forth. You do the snake. And then you're back in line. You take a little breather and then hit somebody hits you from behind again. I mean, it's just constant. Yeah. And then you've got your spotter yelling in your ear the whole time. Car high, car low, car high, car low, car high. Runs coming on the outside. Well, well, on the inside. On, on on Dave's point, he said the announcers are setting up there. They know the big one's coming. The guys in the car know it's coming too. It's only a matter of time. So when's it going to be? Now? Five minutes from now? Five laps from now? Like, who knows? All right. Back to the question, are there any truck and cup double entries? Yes, quite a few. Corey LaJoy will be double entry. Um... Chase Elliott will be a double entry. Travis Pastrana, also a double entry. Um, interesting. interesting names to mention on the trucks. Parker Klingerman will be running for Henderson Motorsports in the truck. Uh, let's see. There's a couple of these names I'm not familiar with, but yeah, I'm kind of surprised to see Chase Elliott's name on this list. I'm not. He ran in a truck a few times last season, I thought. Or he's done it before, at least in the last few years. I guess it just seems like a high-stakes situation, you know? It, it is. seat time. And it isn't, yeah. I mean, the more you can get in a car, the more, you know, you kind of know what's going on. It. Daytona and Talladega are weird ones, and Daytona is even weirder because yeah. it's a tighter... Like to, I don't know. We, I've raced it on I race. It's the only thing I've you know I haven't been out on the track, but it's just it seems like there's less real estate <laughs> at Daytona. So much less real estate than Talladega, you know. Yeah. Oh, there is, and it gets. I feel like the track narrows every, after every lap too. Yeah, and then the fact that you're coming to the end of you may be a Daytona 500 winner if you do things right. Zane Smith is also a double entry. I didn't see that. But he's he's an actual full-time truck driver, so he's he's oh, maining cool. the trucks and independent in, entering the 500. So with these new cars, you think we'll have any shenanigans? Heck yeah. With the with the trying to shave the, you know, back windows or something, somebody trying to push their luck. Absolutely. Cuz you still got to you still got to have uh you know, post-race inspections and all that stuff. You ain't cheap. You ain't trying, bro. Yeah. I mean, you're, it's a, it's the 500. You got to send it. I think the worst one I ever heard of was, uh, my dad told me this story and then I've seen it a lot. And I don't know if it, y'all hear about S- smoky eunuch. He was like one of the biggest cheaters in NASCAR. But one time he came to Daytona 500, um, back in the sixties, I think. Anyways, he brought a, a, a Chevrolet, a Chevelle. And, uh, you know, it was one of those they were racing. And he just whooped it up on all the Fords and the Chryslers. And then somebody else got to looking at it. And he had actually trimmed the car down to seven-eighths the scale of every other Chevelle. Oh, my God. <laughs> he had what? rebuilt the complete car. 
And so it was like cutting through the air like crazy because it was like a, it was seven eighths the size. It was just small enough he thought he could get away with it, and he, I mean, he did for a while until somebody caught on. It might have been yeah. him or someone else. Didn't didn't a, a team got caught back in the day uh, acid dipping their cars? Did have you heard about that? They would take the whole. No, was it- they would take the whole frame and everything and they would dip it in an acid tank and let it eat away like 30% of the mass. And then they would oh put it back gosh. in the car and they got caught because, and I think it, I think I heard it on Smokey's interview with on Dale Jr. Down, download, but I don't know if it was him that did it, but it's where I heard the story. And some steward was coming by and he leaned up against the car and put his elbow on like the, like over the driver door, like around the, the, a pillar or whatever and the whole thing just crumpled like paper <laughs> <in the elbow. laughs> that's awesome i'm sure i'm sure it that passes was. the safety standard yeah yeah i'm sure it probably was smoky eunuch you know I've, I've, after hearing that story my dad told me you know at first you're like whatever and then you kind of think about it you're like man that's that's totally clever especially back in late 60s for somebody to just rebuild a whole complete car and have the balls and roll it up to a little bit smaller daytona 500 and make sure it isn't sitting right next to another car until you know you get busted. They're like, and then, uh, that's not that's not the right size. He's like, yeah. yeah they're like, wait a minute, look, his car looks smaller than ours. <laughs> but then you know, I don't remember who it was. I want to say it was Harry Grant in the '33 school car. I just don't hold me to that. But they had um, before even Formula One had DSR, they had formed a DSR. In their car and took it to Daytona. And right before the race went, the crew chief was too afraid and pulled it off the car. Like the back wing, like DRS? Yeah. Like he would drop his spoiler down the straightaways. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love he invented it. DRS. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He invented it himself. And then, you know, F1's so like, we're hey, gonna that see, works. We're going to see DAS soon. <laughs> Yeah, I'm in the NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> Pushing their steering wheels in. Um, well, you guys want to go down an entry list? We could go over the odds too. I found a uh, Bet MGM's Ooh, odds of uh, who they think. I could care less. I want to. I want to know what are these odds, Antonio? Okay, so we got our top eight here, and this will hold be good on, later. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Can we can we use this after our picks that we've made for the for the end of the end of the show or? or can we change them say now? So. Yeah. Say so. I don't necessarily. <laughs> I haven't agree. seen the odds yet. Agree. I don't necessarily agree with these. To be fair, so I'm I'm cool with that. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Vegas ain't always okay. ready. Yeah, there you go. So, okay, so it's the top eight choices. We got twelve to one odds. We have Denny Ham Jam, Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney. Then we got fourteen to one. We got Joey Logano, Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch, and then sixteen to one. They got Willie B. And Ross Chastain. I'm not. I'm not sure. I necessarily agree with all of these. No, me neither. However, the the they're all kind of there. I don't know about. I don't know. Maybe I'm counting Joey out. I probably shouldn't be. But Denny's always there. Chase is always there. Blaney's always there. So I'm gonna agree with those three. Joey Larson and Bush. Joey's there. He just gets wrecked out. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I honestly, I can't recall how he's done recently. Larson has Larson done good on plate tracks? I don't. I mean, plate I tracks, feel like he has. I mean, he's in it. Yeah, I mean, what, what car is he bringing to it? You know, he's got a chance, but it's not his bread and butter. Yeah. No, I'm shocked not to hear. Kevin Harvick. I was surprised too. 
that that was actually a big take on me. Was my was Denny on there? Oh, hundred percent. He was he was the first yeah, pick. Denny's top yeah. top pick. Okay. No arguing that. No. Martin Truex not to be there. Oh man, yeah. I don't know if I agree with all those, but yeah, I think Martin I don't. Truex, I mean, man. what about Ross Chastain? Is that just in there because people like if you're not into NASCAR, you just know that name now? It's like, yeah, yeah, maybe right. Vegas just throwing it in there because everybody knows the name and they want to bet on something. Isn't that that guy that did that thing at that place? Doesn't Austin Dillon have two wins, two five hundred wins? I thought it was just one. Is it just one? I know he's got one wrecked catch, wrecked catch fence. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that? Exciting? I think he's got more than one of those. You know, he might have two actually. I don't know. All I remember is when I saw his engine fly by. I was like, "Oh, that's not good." <laughs> I was like, "That one can't be good." Um. Yeah. So I'm showing that he, I think 2018 was his uh, when he won it. I think that's the only time he's won. Yeah, he finished third yeah, in 2021. Yeah. So, all right. And he might have won in the uh, nationwide, you know, Xfinity. Whatever, you know, I don't know. Back then, he might have won it then, but it ain't 500. Well, you guys want to do some picks? Oh, I was thinking of 2015 when Dylan put it in the fence. Damn, that was that long ago? Oh my yeah, god. I know time flies, right? Eight years ago. Only yeah, does that fun. uh is that move into our brand new segment idea? Yeah, I think so. What's it called? Should I explain Please. it? All right, baby. We got the new segment, okay? Hear me out. This is how it goes. You can either bin it, be in it, or you can win it. And we're gonna pick. You gotta pick someone who's gonna bin it, pick someone who's gonna win it, and someone who's gonna be in it. And they can't be the same. And we can't pick the same, uh, like, so, like, of the four of us, we can't pick the same one of who we think is going to win. You can you can pick, like, you know, say Dave wants Bush to win and I want Bush to bin it. We can pick that. But we can't pick the same winner. That's all that matters. I can't believe you said that. It was just, a, it was just an example. Okay. Wow. All right, Antonio, I want to hear your picks first. My picks first. Okay. Who do I think? So let's go. We'll go win it, and then we'll go in it, and then we'll go bin it. Or should we go vice versa? Maybe we should go worst to best. Yeah. yeah. Worst I think best. worst to best. You said it, man. Bin it, in it, win it. Worst to best, eh? Okay. I will say I have no disrespect for the guy at in, by any means. He did some crazy I'm stuff at Martinsville. He did, he did some crazy stuff at Martinsville. But I have this hunch that Ross Chastain is going to come in over his head this race, and he's going to bin it. I'm going to call that now. That's my pick. Bennett. Ross your first name. I like it. Bennett. You like it? You like it. Love it. So, in it's hard because there's a lot of choices of guys who are going to be in it. But you're, if, if we're talking like a guy who's going to be like right there. In it, baby. If he's going to be right there, but he isn't going to win. I'm, I'm going to do the weird thing. I'm going to pick Denny Hamlin. He's always there. And I know he's won it three times. But I don't want him to win because I have another fantastic human that I want to win. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. but uh, he's going to be in this it. one out. He's yeah, going to know hey, what's coming. Hey, now. Hey, now. I got supporting evidence for my win it. I just want to <laughs> say that right now. Okay? I think Ryan Blaney is finally going to win it. 
you know why? I have I have valid evidence. Okay, first of all, I can't remember what year hey, it was. Boy. I want to say I want to say it was 2020 or something. Maybe 2021. He won Talladega. Two, he's always always at the front in a play track if he's not wrecked out. Like always in contention in the top like six, seven, hundred percent every time, guaranteed on the money. And third, I think he's lost enough. Like within the last couple laps, he was at the front or leading. Like, and as an example, I can't remember if it was like last year, or the year before. I think it was Daytona when Chase got him on the last, like coming out of four, because he didn't go up and block. I feel like he's been through enough of these scenarios that like he'll finally figure it out. I got my money on him, and I'm doing it. And I would be if he wins, I'll be so happy. That's all I'm gonna say. When he won Dega, I was screaming at the TV. It was great. Real quick, Antonio, can you remind me what manufacturer he drives for? Nope, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, not not the most winning one because we already Ford know Chevy, Chevy's got the most wins. We already know that. Like, if you go look at the list of Daytona 500 wins, here let's let's actually look the stat up. I had it ready somewhere, and I, I don't Ryan know where Blaney went. only drove a Chevy. <laughs> I know. If only he would be. Perfect. If only. That's my if favorite country song. Only. <laughs> if only Ryan Blaney <laughs> drove a Chevy. Only Blaney drove a Chevy. Oh, no here it is. I found it. No, 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 no. I found it. Chevy's got 23 Daytona 500 wins. I just want to put that out there. Ooh. Ford, a low measly 17. Okay. Oh. <laughs> a low measly. Under your predictions, that'll be 18. Yeah, true story. You're actually, if you pick, your pick is actually helping against you. Hey, you know what? If my pick wins, Ford's still not the most winning manufacturer of the 500, so I don't care, okay? <laughs> That's all that matters. We'll work on getting him on Hendrick, okay? We're working on it, okay? We're trying to convert him. I'm sending him DMs, but he's not reading them. Just <laughs> read the DMs, right? Ryan. Like, come on, man. Buy the Chevy. You know it's better. <laughs> Anyways. Okay, I think, Davis, your turn next. All right, all right. Um... Bennett, Bennett, Kyle Busch. Oh, straight up. Ooh, straight up. Damn. Welcome to Chevy. Hater. I think, yeah. I think he drives with anger in his heart, bro. And I don't think that gets you anywhere. <laughs> this is coming yeah, from playing. a Logano fan. I just want to say that. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey that, <laughs> you skipped two picks, okay? You still got to do the in it first, all right? Like, bro, don't be mad. Like, just chill, Kyle. Like, he just, like, he just lost it, okay? Like, it wasn't intentional. Just, Relax. Um. Uh-huh. Anyway, Kyle Busch <laughs> Bennett because I think that's hilarious. Um, I'm gonna. So you you spoil alert a little bit, but my boy Joey, I'm not picking him to win oh. because I mean I think I think he's gonna be in it. Is my point. I think you see him running top five, top eight near the end of the race, and I think that he might be the key to Antonio's boy taking it. If that happens, I like, I really like the Ryan Blaney pick to win it. That's a great pick. Um, I'm going to throw a dark horse in there. Mr. AJ Allmendinger to win it. That's not oh, much of a dark a horse, honestly. If he, if he, yeah, if he gets, a, if he gets a chance, this, this could happen. Dinger, man. He's inspiring. <laughs> I love me some Dinger. Seriously. Yeah. He's just, I like him, man. I'm sorry. A lot of people, I think there's some people that don't. I, I love the dude. I'm with you. Yep. So Dinger to win it. 
I think Logano is in it, and uh, Mr. Bush, go Bennett. Poor guy. Kyle didn't, Bush didn't do nothing wrong to nobody. Can't believe you put that on him. He's just, he's just <laughs> got that look. You know what I'm saying? You meet that guy. It's like, dude, dude you gotta get, you gotta give it to him though. I mean, he he's he great. owns it, right? He's he awesome. owns it. He he's he awesome. actually did the Marshawn Lynch. I'm only here because they made me in an interview. No, he's. I, I had the race go today. How'd the race go today, Kyle? I'm only here because they made me. So do you think he had a chance to win today? I'm only here because they made me. It was amazing. I love it. He's the man, but. I think he eats wall on lap 65. <laughs> what do you eat? You put money on that in Vegas or what? I will. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. I had a vision. Norman, you're up, bud. Who's your picks? All right. Bennett. Bennett. I'm going to say, and this probably isn't, this isn't going to be a surprise. Austin Dillon. Valid. Valid. Yeah. I support yeah. that. And it's it's not just a Bennett. He's gonna he's gonna cause the big one like normal. Ooh, <laughs> like normal, like, like normal. Nor- said. Ooh. The yeah, that one hurt. Number three. <laughs> um, in it, I'm gonna say Kevin Harvick's gonna be there. Good one. You, you're not gonna know that he's there, and then all of a sudden he's gonna be there like Nor- he's Kevin yeah, Harvick. I was say, yep, happy as Kevin Harvick. And I'm gonna go out on a on a branch because I don't want to pick too easy. I'm gonna go Eric Almarola for the win. Awesome. He's Hot a dude. good restrictor plate race or used to be restrictor plate racing, but restrictor plate racing. And I think I think he knows how to get get it done. And I think he finally pulls it off this year and is in victory lane. So I just want to point out for the record that Norman picked a Chevy to Bennett. And his other two picks were Fords. Just so we can get that straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he'll be disappointed when he's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to say, I just want to say statistically, I have an advantage here because there's more Chevys in the race. I just want to say that. I just want to say that. I'm just putting it out there. But your boy's not a Chevy. You know what? That's not, that doesn't matter. Okay. Is he going to be the only Ford to finish the race and win it? Hopefully. If All he right. wins and every, every, everyone else is a Chevy, I'm totally cool with that. That's fine with me. I don't think that would happen. I think the Chevys would team up on him and he would just be left out to dry. Yeah, probably. But, you know, I can dream. All right, Levi, let's hear it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, my Bennett, and I cannot believe y'all didn't take him. I mean, you just left him out there. Ricky Stenhouse. We knew you were going to take on, him. boys. You know I what? mean, he's going to bid it, dude. You know he His car is sponsored by a toilet paper company. Yeah, I'm telling you, that he's you're gonna need to wipe him up after it's over. I'm telling you, what's gonna happen is, and the same thing that happens a lot, is he's gonna cause about two or three of them. Then he's finally gonna get picked up in them, and then be like, "See, he didn't need to be there anyways. Why can't we just take him out at the first? Sorry, I, there, I'm not harsh. Okay, there's no feelings there from past history where he's done this before many a time. He's gonna have to call up uh, Anthony Alfredo and get a dude wipe. Mm-hmm. That's funny. <laughs> well we all know who it is but who is it yeah the 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 in it just i think kyle larson will be up there all day man but he's not gonna be able to pull it off i think i think you're gonna think it's his year but he's not gonna do it (laughs) and then 
Theo like, Martin like Truex Cowboys Jr. fans. Yeah. Yeah, true, right? And then uh, uh, Martin Truex Jr., I'm going for him to win. I want him to. I think it's his year. He just came off a win at the uh, Clash, and uh, he, he kind of knows how to get his, get his way around, you know? So I'm, uh, you know, got the gray beard, looking classy. I think he's going to like win. MTJ, man. I hope he succeeds. I hope he does good he, this year. I love the guy. That'd be a great way to start the season, not winning last year and then coming, winning the expedition race at the Coliseum and then coming to the 500 and taking it. I just want the feel good finish. That's it. You know, that would be a feels good finish. I think it's Levi, did you ever say the driver's name of your Bennett or did you just assume that everyone knew who it was? Oh, no, we heard no, it. He's loud and clear. He's it. You said Ricky S. The Cottonelle Kroger. Number 47. Chevrolet. Mm -mm. In the wall, he says. They couldn't put the doo-doo on the car, so they put the wipe on the car. You know? (laughs) Well, boys, I think that's going to wrap us up for this episode. Catch us next week for a full race review of what happened during the Great American Race gonna be amazing sunday boys we're almost there norman's getting angry i ain't gotta go gotta cook up that dinner huh norman's always like gotta go make that cooking the chicken really have to go make eating leftovers i'm surprised you're not door dashing it i door dashed it last night i'm eating leftovers from it what are you door dashing alabama anyway (laughs) gator or something (laughs) gator and chitons (laughs) (laughs) barbecue sauce (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha